This is the Power of Partnerships, Changing the Game for Digital Transformation, presented by SAP, the best-run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they will discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, this is the place to be because this is where the best run. I always say it, I always mean it, and it's true. I'm here on Zoom with three smiling, happy panelists, and I'm going to tell you about our topic first before I let them introduce themselves. So let's see what's going on here. I have a quote from bcg.com publications. Let me read a little bit, and then I'll explain a little more. To keep channel sales growing, many vendors will need to rethink, important word, rethink the way they work with and offer incentives to their partners, both traditional collaborators like resellers, you know this, distributors, independent software vendors, and next generation partners like cloud service providers and telcos. That's kind of the universe of who they're dealing with. This is no small undertaking. That's what we want to underscore today. So question on the table, how can vendors with an indirect business model achieve customer success? Well, very simply, they need to deliver a frictionless, consistent experience across all touch points with their customers and their ecosystem. Okay, case done, closed. We don't need a radio show to talk about this, but wait a minute. It's not that easy. As I said in the quote, no small undertaking. The route to what we'll call bountiful relationships, I love that. I think of flowers and sunshine, is strewn with potential detours that today's business leaders need to know how to navigate. And we're talking to you, our listeners around the world. So how do you do you deem done right in terms of customer success in what we know is a dynamically changing business environment? Come on, it's now, oh my goodness, welcome to October 2020. It's October, it's October 1st. Can't wait for this year to be over. The world has been in flux for so many months, we've even lost track. We have three experts on the panel. They are global business experts. They work in the cloud economy and that gives them the right to be here. And they're going to tell you in a minute why they're experts and what this means to them. We have Robert Geppert at Cybit GmbH. Welcome, Robert. We have Hans Uber. I think I did that right, Hans. I want you to be very impressed. Thanks, you, Thank you, dear. And Anthony Ponte, P A N T E. And he said I could call him Tony because I know him so well. We've met. Call him me once. Tony, Bonnie. <laughs> SAP. So Hans and Tony are at SAP. They're going to share their insights and how to build the ultimate experience for partners, employees, and customers on our topic today, customer success is vendor success, really just putting it right out there. And we have to do all a shout out to Nula Spooner at SAP for putting together this panel. Everybody clap for Nula. Thank you, Nula. We're going to give you a great show, Nula. So here we are on Zoom. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, as the gentleman said, and let's get started. Robert Geppert, we'd love to get to know you. Why don't you spend about two and a half minutes? We're not clocking you, but keep it tight. We want to know a little bit about your background, Robert. What does your company do and what does this topic mean to you in a few words? Robert, welcome. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, everybody. Yeah, my name is Robert. I'm 46 years old, born in Bavaria in Germany, married, two kids, 12 and 15. Yeah, I'm um, my actual role. I'm chief customer officer, a member of the board at Cybit. Cybit is a SAP partner. We do customer experience, of course, only SAP customer experience solutions. Uh, with uh, uh, 270 people, um, we are located in Germany and doing business in Middle Eastern Europe. 
Since 2018, we are a member of the intelligence group, a global um, SAP partner and IT vendor. Um, I'm in SAP business since 2000. I look younger, but I really, 20 years for 20 years <laughs> business. And I'm SAP partner in all these years. So I walk to very, very good times, a few, a few less difficult times with SAP together. And I always had it market organizations. So um, in 2000, when I started my career, started um, in a startup, which we developed over the years to one of the top five um, SAP resellers in Germany with um, 180 peoples. Since 2015, um, I joined Cybit. Cybit is one of the top SAP partners for customer experience in Middle Eastern Europe. We have, as I, say, uh, as I said, 270 people. Um, and um, yeah, in that role, we lead the customer experience um, engagement for intelligence globally. My relationship to customer success, well, um, market uh, organizations are successful if we gain trust of customers. We are sustainable successful if we justify uh, customer trust. So customer success is petrol for our success and therefore one of our strategic goals in a few words. Thank you, Robert. Pleasure to meet you. It's very rare we have a guest give their age, and I'm going to tell my other guests it's not mandatory just because Robert started that way. Hans and Tony, you don't, and I'm certainly not going to do mine, so we'll just leave that on the table. <laughs> now we have a new goal for the show, right? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not so sure. I'm not, and Nula, Nula in the background, she said she's not doing it either. So ladies, well, what can I say? Uh, thank you, Robert. Pleasure to meet you. Thanks for starting us off. Hans Ube, would you? I'm really working hard on your last name pronunciation. Hans, for those of you who don't see us on Zoom, and, and I will release the video to my guests, and you can post it if you want. Hans is using one of the new video filter backgrounds, and he is actually inside a very old, looks like a Motorola TV set, and the little controls are underneath, and I don't think we're going to be able to, if he says something we don't like, we're not going to be able to turn down the volume, Robert, uh, Hans, so don't worry about it. It's just, it's just fiction. It's just virtual, but it's, it's very adorable and I haven't had any guests use that feature. So Hans, please introduce yourself. Tell us what you do at SAP, a little bit about your background and why is this topic important to you? Hans, welcome. Thank you, Bonnie. And thank you, everyone. Warm welcome. Um, first of all, I'm not as old as the TV I'm looking out of, right? <laughs> so that's maybe the least I say about my age. Uh, <laughs> but, but I'm getting close to Robert in terms of that while Robert worked in the SAP ecosystem for 20 years, I'm working for SAP now for close to 20 years um, in different roles along the last um, 20 years for, for SAP in roles locally in Germany. And that's where I'm based. I'm based out of the headquarter in Germany, Waldorf. And, and then in, in European roles. And now for the last five years, I'm part of the global partner organization of SAP. And now since, since this summer, I have a new role that is called Ecosystem Delivery Success, what is an organization that has been built and designed to work with our partners to drive customer outcomes. So how can we as SAP work together with our partners and support our partners to help our customers to adopt our cloud solutions and to consume our cloud solution and get the best outcome out of it? Um, I have been in the ecosystem for SAP or in ecosystem roles for, for more than 10 years now, first in Europe and, and now in the global position. So I'm, I'm really close to our partners and it's something I really love to work with our partners. It's something that I enjoy 
Um, because one thing, and, and this is critical when you work in a big organization, and that's what I learned throughout my career, is you need to stay close to the market and you need to stay close to the customers. And, and one, and I think even the best way as a big vendor to stay close to customers is to work through and with partners because they give us the intimacy and proximity to stay close to our customers. And that is what is needed to be successful. So, so I, I really like the quote of at the end, customer success is vendor success because I truly believe in it. I think there is no other way to be successful and to be long-term successful um, than staying close to the customers and being there for our joint customers in terms of knowing that you have to serve the customers together with the partners. And at the end of the day, it's the equation that matters for long-term success is bringing together customers, the ecosystem partners, and the vendor into one play to drive customer outcomes and to help customers to continuously innovate and get better in their business. Thank you very much, Hans. Pleasure to meet you and interesting. The title of this series is The Power of Partnerships, and we are proving that every time with every episode and what you and Robert just said. And that brings me to Tony Ponte. Tony, love to have you introduce yourself. Tony's got a cool headset on, really, really cool. Tony, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us, I've got you smiling, tell us a little bit about what you do and also what's your passion for this topic. Welcome, Tony. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, Bonnie and, uh, and Robert and Hans. Good to see you guys again. Again, even though it's virtually, but I do remember the times uh, in Germany, Robert, with uh, yes. uh, with the, actually Vienna, I think, where we had uh, we had an awesome experience going through some leadership work. Uh, so, by way of def definition and introduction, Bonnie, thanks uh, thanks for the opportunity. My name is uh, is Tony Ponte. Uh, I always go by Tony Pante, but my 17 and 16 year old told me that the correct pronunciation is Ponte. So the last several years, I've had to change the pronunciation of my name because of my two great boys. So <laughs> it is what it is. I uh, been um, I live in uh, in Newtown Square, Pennsylvania. We've been here for 14 years uh, with uh, with my beautiful wife and I and my two boys. Uh, I've been working with SAP for that time for 14 years. And and while I've been at SAP, um, I was in a a sales a sales operation role in North America, and then quickly got into a global global organization, both building and running um, sales, commercial sales, inside sales organizations for SAP, working across the globe. Uh, with our partners, so direct and indirect. So I've got a lot of experience working with uh, and supporting our partners uh, to help support our customers to grow. Um, last two years, um, shifted roles and pivoted into a brand new, completely new organization. I actually was employee number one in this new team, uh, which is focusing on customer success and doing it at scale. So 100% of what me and my new team are doing is being laser focused on helping our customers, particularly in the cloud, uh, drive value from the SAP products that they purchase. So it's been a absolutely awesome experience to help make sure that we're engaging with customers so that they go live, they drive value. That's the whole purpose of, of what my organization's doing. And we're doing it digitally, virtually, socially. So the whole focus of the team is uh, amazing experiences at scale. Uh, prior to SAP, uh, I spent close to eight years with a really cool cloud-based software company called LivePerson. And this goes back 20 years ago when I started. I won't give my age because I was super young when I did start. But at the time, we were one of the first uh, application service providers where we provided awesome communication technology in the cloud. Uh, I ran a team that focused on professional services and customer success uh, 15, 18 years ago. So technology has been in my blood working with and, and across teams globally. 
um, I've had the opportunity to do throughout my career. And it's always been focusing on helping customers uh, get the most out of, uh, out of software. Uh, so obviously you can tell in my voice, super passionate about this, because if we don't focus on it, it doesn't happen. So whether you're doing it in direct business, whether you're doing it with our amazing ecosystem, if you focus on the success of the customers, good things are going to happen. So excited to spend some time with you guys today. Thank you, Tony. I wish you were a little more enthusiastic about this topic. I don't yeah. know. I, I, I really... couple cups of coffee this yeah, morning. <laughs> honestly, I'm so happy to have the three of you. I didn't know you all knew each other, and it sounds like Vienna was a good time for all. I'm assuming there was some good wine involved, but we this is not... I, had, I have another show called Technology Revolution, the Future of Now, and my guests were women in the wine business, three of whom own their own wineries. And But that was yesterday's conversation. Oh. This this is today. So let's go to the next segment of the show where I've asked my guests to send me a quote from a book, a movie, a song, serious, fluffy, provocative, and I'm going to ask them to explain how they picked the quote. So Robert Geppard is up first. And Robert picked a quote from a very serious book, John Krakauer's Into Thin Air, A Personal Account of the Mount Everest Disaster. It's a 1997 best-selling nonfiction book written by John Krakauer. It details his experience in the 96 Mount Everest disaster where climbers were killed and others were stranded by a storm. I'm going to leave it there and I'm going to read the quote. And Robert, you have to help me out with how I think I know which words in the quote relate to our topic, but you're going to connect the dots for us. So the quote is, in fact, there were many good reasons against it, but ascending the Everest is in itself an irrational act, a triumph of desire over reason. Oh my, that's one of the heaviest quotes we've ever had on these shows. So Robert, bail us out here. What you got? So it's not why, um, because I expected that will uh, like like what John Grakow in the in the book wrote um, the show here. No, um, the book you said it's funny is about the expedition um, to the mount uh, top of the Mount Everest in 1996, a true story. And the author John Grakow was asked by a magazine to join the ascending and write um, after it. I read I read that book um, years ago in summer vacation. Uh, at the beach of Greece. Um, so there was more than 100 degrees difference between the heat of Greece and the temperature on the Mount Everest. Um, uh, a squirrel situation. Um, I'm frankly, I'm not really a bookworm, but this book fascinated me. Um, and this author write um, from the start, it's clear that the scandal end in a disaster. You said eight men died because they got into a hazard and couldn't reach the base camp before night. Um, one of the reasons for this uh, tragedy was, and this is in contrast, in my opinion, in contrast to our topic of today, mm -hmm. they ignored the time for return. They ignored mm -hmm. the moment to break away from their goal. And um, in business, we try to achieve our goals no matter what, of course, under consideration of moral aspects, but motivation and commitment are very important to be successful in business. Ascending mountains successful means that you will arrive healthy back on the mountain foot. It's not only important to reach the top of the mountain, mm -hmm. you have to, to, to plan the way back down. And therefore it's, it's, it's essential that you keep your time to return no matter if you have reached the top of the mountain or not. Um, and in my opinion, in business, again, in business, we, we try to reach, we try to, to, to focus, we try to, and, um, 
after um, the book is really good written and it's 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 even if you know how it ends it's really um uh, um, 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 it, it, it puts you on, uh, into it, it's, it's pushed you into it. And, but um, I got the, the, the contrast to, to our business, to doing business, um, try to achieve your goals no matter what. And every, everybody in the SAP area at quarterly end, we are already over it, or the, over the third quarter knows what I mean. I mean, you try to reach your quote, uh, your, your quota, your, uh, your goals. And um, if these guys did that, they tried to reach the top of the mountain, no matter what, they died. And for that reason, I thought it's a good contrast and maybe uh, a good start in our discussion. Thank you very much. I appreciate that, Robert. I love the way you said it. I, I had a feeling your focus was going to be on the word irrational act and triumph of desire over reason, but I really like and respect the way you started. It's great to get to the top, but you have to get back home. Back. In terms of, I, I assume I'm interpreting that as the, the cycle of business that you yeah. just can't, and it's also can't rest on your laurels, right? You can't just say, oh, look, we got to the top of the mountain. Great. We're wonderful. Well, life has happened down at the base camp, kids, and there's other things to be done. So that was very profound, Robert Gepper. Very mm -hmm. nicely done. I'm, I'm wagging my finger, which I should be doing. My thumb is up to you. Thank you, Robert. I like that. No pressure on the other guests. Let's see what we've got. Hans Ube has sent us another quote about mountains. Oh my, coming from a source you would never guess. It's from Muhammad Ali. However, it is not really from him, Hans. This quote has been used since 1916. So Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay, wasn't even around. But I do my homework on something called Quote Investigator, which is a lot of fun to use. And they have a bibliography of all the sources. And they said that this quote or something very similar was a freestanding quote unattributed in, on May 18, 1916, in the Western Underwriter Life section, published by the Western Underwriter Company in Cincinnati, Ohio, in Chicago, <laughs> Illinois. It was also used four years later in the Journal of the New York State Teachers Association, Volume 7, Number 1, and in Forbes in 1925, and Jerry Falwell was credited with it. So we're going to attribute it to Muhammad Ali just in honor of the fact that you you found that he was quoted as saying it. But listen up to the quote. It's really cool. It isn't the mountain ahead to climb that wears you out. It's the pebble in your shoe. Cool quote. Hans, talk to me. How does this relate to our topic? Go ahead. So, so first of all, it's from, from a book about Muhammad Ali, where it's quoted, right? So, so but interestingly, that it goes back far, far beyond that. Mm -hmm. I, I think, in, and why I took it is, and it's a little bit similar to what Robert was saying, right? I mean, well, it's, 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 it's less about the goal or where you end, right? In terms of when you climb the mountain, you need to come back. But sometimes you're very clear where you want to go, right? You are clear. You want to reach the mountain. You want to reach the top. You want to win the customer. Then you lay out a plan. And then you stick to the plan and what happens, you fail because you don't realize that you are living in a dynamic world where you, where you should sometimes just take the time to breathe, step back, reflect. Is this still the right way? Or maybe should we turn a little bit right? Should we turn a little bit left? Mm -hmm. uh, should we look into our shoes that we can walk for another three hours and don't have to stop in an hour because your foot hurts like crazy. Uh, and that's why I like this quote because we are, we are very often completely addicted to the goal. And once we have, we have kicked off the initiative, we are just running. And I think especially in customer relationships, very often the goal stays the same. The customer is quite clear what they want to achieve. 
But it's, it's to achieve the goal, a lot of things have to come together. People, processes, uh, suppliers, mm-hmm. vendors. And, and to bring this all together, partners, you have to have this mindset of sometimes rest, double check if you still everything is on track. And this is the quote that reminds me, and it was one of the quotes Muhammad Ali was using when he was talking about training and getting ready for one of his big fights, uh, the one in Kinshasa. So I think it, it was for me the eye-opener to say, while you know exactly what you want to do, and Muhammad was quite clear what he wanted, he wanted to win. Uh, he also said, there's not one way to win, but you need to be f- agile and flexible and keep the goal in mind, but also sense the environment you're in. Thank you, Hans. I love the quote. And it reminds me a little bit of there's a, an old parable. I think there was a Broadway show, The Princess and the Pea. Remember the princess had also, I think it was called Once Upon the Mattress. Once Upon a Mattress, Tony's nodding, Robert's nodding. I think Hans is. Uh, it was about a princess who was on a bed that was high, high, high. And there was a, a pea, a, a pea, a vegetable, a little pea. Yeah on the bottom mattress and she was so sensitive and so delicate and so lovely that she felt it all the way up at the top. Yeah, right. Well, it was a fantasy with the parable. And the point is that's the damn pebble in your shoe, right? That's the pebble in your shoe. It can derail you. I was once invited to go out for a walk with a friend in a park in New York when I lived in New York. And I thought, well, it'll be a short walk. We'll go around this park. Well, he had in mind to go about three miles farther down to the waterfront in New York and tour this great big vendor fest. And I started getting blisters on my feet because I did not have walking shoes. I didn't know the journey was going to be about an eight mm. mile walk mm. and a 95 degree summer day. I could barely walk by the time we were halfway and there was nothing I could do. My feet were blistered. They were open. It was awful. So in the parable, excuse me for the the nasty foot story, but the parable is you got to know what the journey is. And Hans, you said Uh, it. You got to be flexible, pivot. Those are key words in doing business today as companies reopen and try to reopen in the pandemic. What's your business model? Is it still going to work? Where are you trying to get? I think Robert and and Hans and, and, and Tony already said the customer has what they want the prospect. What does the prospect want to become your customer and how do you keep them as a loyal customer and how do you build trust? Well, you have to know how long that journey is going to be and you have to have the stamina and the flexibility, the fluidity, the agility, all those beautiful words. So I'm going to say, put on your damn walking shoes. That's probably, you can quote me on that. Tony, we're ready for your quote. And you have picked a quote from Yogi Berra. We love Yogi Berra quotes. Lawrence Peter, Yogi Berra, 1925 to 2015, American president professional baseball catcher who became a manager and a coach. Talk about pivoting. He played 19 seasons in the Major League Baseball, uh, 1946 to 63 and 65, all but the last for the New York Yankees. Yay, New York, 18-time All-Star. But the most important thing is he quit school after eighth grade. Didn't have a lot of credentials like we all like to talk about, but he was known for something called malapropisms and pithy paradoxical statements such as it ain't over till it's over. The obvious put into phrases that we never expected when he was speaking to reporters. Uh, He once said, I really didn't say everything I said. Well, I think we know people who believe that. Anyway, here is the quote that, I'm sorry, Tony picked from the great lore of wonderful malapropisms from Yogi Berra. Listen to this, everybody. You can observe a lot by just watching. <laughs> Tony, talk to me. I love the quote. How'd you find this I, one? I, <laughs> Go ahead. I, 
I just didn't even know what malapropisms was in true transparency. So thank you. Learning something every day. You're welcome. This is fantastic. I'm here to help. But it is it is kind of here to help. And it is kind of, I mean, it fits right into the different quotes that uh, um, that you guys were talking about. If you think about just listening and just watching and just observing what can happen if you're open to it, right? And you listen to what the customer wants and what value is in the eyes of a customer, amazing what happens. Right, I think uh, Robert, in your turn and going up the mountain, you have to come down the mountain, right? Let's make sure that we're coming down safe. You know, and Hans, even yourself with the P and what does success look like and what the goal looks like. That's what kind of resonated with me with Yogi. It's so simple. And I looked at this, I'm like, you can observe just watching, right? And the corollary to that was just listen. Ask a question, keep your mouth shut and listen to what needs to happen, what you need to do to help, how to help solve the problems. And I do love the other two. I was torn between, <laughs> it ain't over till it's over. I think it's fantastic, right? As we're getting into the quarter, right? We just finished up a quarter. We're like, hey, it's over. Keep going. How much happens at 11.59.59? And then you dust it off and here we are October 1st. Let's go. Let's go in Q4, the biggest, the biggest ever. And I didn't really say everything I said. It's just, it's <laughs> simple, easy, but I do love the fact that if you just listen, observe, care, some good things are going to happen. And they're going to be aligned with what the customer wants. And, and, and hopefully, you know, the implementations and the work that gets done drives that value uh, for the customer. Thanks. Fun you, exercise. Tony. These are awesome. Good job. Isn't this, isn't this fun? I added this to the shows a couple of years ago yeah. because I find that not only are we engaging at a different level with the topic, but I believe, and listeners, you can email me and tell me <laughs> if I'm right, that you are adding a little bit of a cultural reference that might engage listeners. Maybe there were young listeners who have no idea who Yogi Berra was, but we just introduced him and they might want to go read about him. Uh, maybe they didn't read the book about Everest, Robert, and now they might want to go read it. So they get to know a little bit about what you all like to read, who you like to study, or just when you go searching for quotes, what caught your eye, what captured your mindset. But now it's time to really dig in. It's time for the roundtable, the serious stuff. We have been talking about the topic, but now we're going to really dig in. Robert Geppert, I'm going to go to statement number one. I'm going to read both sentences you sent me because the second sentence, I think, is the one we really want to focus on. What I'm going to do is ask you to spend about two and a half minutes. Again, we're not throwing you off if you go to two minutes and 43 seconds, but keep it tight. And then the magic sauce, I call it. Hans, we're going to invite you to agree or disagree with Robert. Don't be afraid to disagree. I will protect you, Hans. I promise. And then I will invite Tony to agree or disagree with either or both of you. Okay? So here we go. Here's what Robert told me. The only way to achieve true customers success is if the vendor and the ecosystem deliver a consistent and synchronized experience across all customer touch points. We said that in the opening, but here's the kicker. He says, to be open, I don't know, and this is Robert Gepper talking, I don't know of any indirect business model where this is implemented already. Robert, let's keep this generic about companies, industries, businesses, not talk about any specific company because our listeners are all over the world and they want to know what's in this conversation for them. Robert, you're up. Yeah, I thought starting a little bit provo provoking and a little bit salt and pepper into the discussion. Um, but when we think of all touch points, we are not only talking about joint trade fair appearances and sales, uh, joint sales cycles. All touch points means also websites, service requests, as well as all direct contacts <coughs> to each party. Um, custom experience rises when we not only 
meet customer expectations at all these touch points, we must exceed them. And therefore, we need to ensure that all touch points have all necessary information. All touch points need react promptly. Even more, they must anticipate customer needs. And therefore, all touch points need to be integrated, not only technically, but also processual and organizational. And this must be implemented by vendor and by partner. And in my eyes, this status, this perfect status, it's a perfect status, um, does not exist anywhere else today. Thank you very much. Very interesting. And it is a challenge, isn't it, Robert, today? Touch points. Look at where companies are, especially virtual now, where you can't just go out and have a coffee with someone one-on-one, look them in the eye, shake a hand. You can't do that anymore. Touch points are so many and so vast. You got to have the people and the skills and the knowledge and the savvy to know where all the touch points are. You have to have marketing and sales talk to each other, right? To know what is the company doing? Where is our footprint all over? Hans, I obviously agree with Robert, but I'm not a panelist. You are. So, Hans, Ube, you're up next. Agree or disagree with Robert and Tony? Tony is taking notes. I can see he's copiously taking notes. Wow, Tony, you're taking notes. I love it. See, that's the benefit of being on Zoom. I can see you. Hans, go ahead. Uh, talk okay. to us. Hans, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe the, the key point is I'm not disagreeing with the statement, but I'm disagreeing with the mission, right? Because if you think about, you want to control all touch points, how is this possible in the world we are living in, right? That is digital, uh, where people are connected, uh, all the different channels that the customer can access. So maybe where I would start off is, I don't think that this is the vision I'm looking for because it's, it's, it's impossible if you run after this vision because you can't, I, I don't believe you can control it. I think mm-hmm. what more matters is, and, and this is this is I think the vision um, I would what everybody recommend to 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 think about is what is the most important touch points for the customer and what really matters for the customer. It's not about all, but it is what really matters for the customer. It's it's the first contact, the first impression, down to the continuous engagement and how you stay close to the customer. How do you realize what really matters? where you maybe think it's a small problem, but the customer think it's a big problem for them. And then you get, this is, this is what really hurts relationships. And I think the vision needs to be that in an indirect model, the vendor and the partners need to get a joint understanding. What are the most relevant touch points in the relationship between the customer and us as a combined supplier environment, as a supplier network to the customer. And if we get this right, then I believe we can create a great customer and sustainable customer relationship. Now, the question is, do I think we are there in terms of where we should be or anyone in the industry is there? I think no. And this is where I agree with Robert. I mean, I think this is the ambition where we all need to head to. It's still a a new world, right? And I think especially in the last um, nine months, or should we say six months, six to nine months since the pandemic has started, has teached us a lot in changing how we engage with customers and what, are re- what really matters and what is important. So I think also the touch point change over time. So it's not a static game. And I think mm-hmm. the best networks, the best ecosystems between vendors and partners are the ecosystems that are agile and continuously reflect together what are the most important touch points and then work together to be synchronized on this most important touch points and deliver a unique customer experience. Thank you very much, Hans. Tony, I'm going to ask you to jump in here. Go ahead. Yeah, good, good discussion. Um, and I, I, I think I agree and disagree. 
um, <laughs> as we've gone through the different points. <laughs> Mostly agree, though, because I, I, a little bit of a clarity on, on the first area around consistency and synchronized. I do think we got to be consistent and we got to be timely and relevant in how we communicate. Right, whether it be a partner, whether it be not, the, the, the way that we communicate, what we say, what we do needs to be consistent at the right time and relevant. I absolutely agree that this could be the panacea and it's hard to get to. And I think the challenge that you run into is if you're trying to get there and you don't take steps to get there, you'll never get there, yeah. right? So you're never there. So I agree, I kind of agree and disagree in, uh, of where, where we're kind of going, but it's, 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 if you try to get to that, it's the Everest conversation. If you try to get to Everest and just try to get to base camp, you know, if it takes you eight years to get to Everest, but a day or two to get to base camp, get to base camp. It's going to help the experience and try to work your way through it. Step by step, right. Thank you very step much. Step. step by step. One <clears throat> one mattress at a time. Thank you very much. Robert, anything you want to say to, yeah, no. get, rid, get rid of that pebble in the shoe, right? We no, want to get rid of that pee. I think the target's <laughs> target reached. Uh, Stuck on the discussion. Tony, you'll never forget me for saying that. I Robert, know, buddy. I think we're good. I think we're good. Thank you very much. I'm going to go to Hans next. And Hans, I'm looking at your statement number four. I think this is an interesting place to go. You say it's not about the technology. It's about changing the way you do business, shifting to the cloud. That's where I want you to focus, Hans. Shifting to the cloud establishes a closer relationship with your customer and provides more insight into their situation. But it will only turn into a better relationship if you turn insight into action and share a common perspective between vendor employees, partners, and customers. We're back to the ecosystem. So let's talk about shifting to the cloud. What benefit does that have? Hans, go ahead, and then we'll see. Tony, you'll be sitting next to Hans on this one, and then we'll circle around to Robert. So Hans, go ahead, please. Thank you, Bonnie. And, and mm -hmm. I think what we need to realize, first of all, the, the cloud has changed the dynamic in the tech industry significantly for, for everyone. Because what has changed is that in the past, we shift something to the customer, being it hardware, being it software, and then it sits with the customer. Moving to the cloud, you move away from goods to services. Now we provide services to customers, far more flexible services to customers that can be sometimes turned off, turned on, very, very ad hoc, right? So the, the speed has changed and what you, what you supply to the customer has changed. And I think... What we, what we need to realize in this change of when you provide a service, you stay automatically closer to the customer, all of us. You also have to stay closer to the customer because the customer gives you continuous feedback. Do I like the service? Don't I like the service? They always look at, at all of us combined, right? Whereas if you go back into the on-premise world in the, in, the, in the tech, in the software industry, the customer bought a software and maybe did forget that there was a vendor involved and worked closely with the partner. If you're in a cloud service, the vendor stays there, the vendor delivers the service. The partner implements the service for the customer. The customer consumes it, the end user of the customer consumes people. And I, and I think this is, so, this is what you need to keep in mind. So it's not about the buzzword cloud. It is about what has changed in the dynamic, in the relationship between customers, partners, and vendors, knowing that it's a something different the customer receives but also keeping in mind that and this is coming to your point on what is what is what is what is improving what is changing mm -hmm. what is delivering more to the customer it's it's delivering to the customer more flexibility it's shipping innovation faster to the customer but it, it this will only happen if you do so right and and by staying close and that's maybe the point back to what tony was already referring to before is you you collect far more data 
But data is nothing if you don't turn it into insight and action, and if you action against it together. And I think this was a great point Tony was, was alluding to before. Um, and I think this is what is important for me around the statement. Thank you. Tony, you've been summoned. You're next. Agree or disagree? Go ahead, Tony. Yeah, Dante. It, it, and Hans, we, we've obviously been working well together, man. Uh, I, well said. And I, and I think it's the last point of um, <laughs> there's so much information that you get now um, by, by delivering speed and flexibility through through a delivery model called cloud it's just it's just a delivery model but if you're not listening coming back to my earlier point if you're not listening to the information and taking action on the information you could say we're listening this is great you're bringing it in and you're bringing you're getting access to, to information we never dreamed of having access to even two years ago right um, but if you're not doing anything with it and it, more importantly if you're not to do something with the information you almost missed the point of the benefits of what the cloud is, right? So that's, I, and we're, I know we're, we're looking at this day in and day out is to say, hey, how do I capture the right information? Uh, and then what do I do with it? Whether it be a new product feature, whether it be a new capability, whether it be a best practice that say, hey, you're doing this, maybe you want to do that. That can help you drive more value. But it, the fact that we've got the information now, given, how are you going to use it? How are you going to use it to change what you do? Thank you very much. Robert, join us, please. Robert Geppert. Yeah, I totally agree to both of you. I mean, um, um, the change, it started before the, the cloud transformation, in my opinion, but the change we, we see now is, is going quicker and quicker is that the line of business um, is deeply in charge um, by the decision um, made which software processes they want to optimize. And the IT, when go a step back, they go a step back because I have only to care about the integration of the cloud into the, let's say, existing landscape, uh, the existing on-premise systems. And um, we realized um, um, that with, with this, it's a parallel, um, um, a, a parallel transition that they get uh, less emotional involved into this decision. So. Um, nowadays, um, cloud decisions are, in, in our opinion, and what, what we realize are um, um, line of business decisions. And the IT try a little bit to coordinate, but they stay back of it, uh, backside the line of businesses. And we knew that, we talked about that uh, in the ecosystem since, uh, I guess, 10, 12 years. But the cloud transformation did, did speed up that, that transformation um, um, on, the, on the next level. Thank you very much. Hans, this was your topic. Anything you want to say back to your co-panelists here? I think you had a nice agreement and expansion. Hans, what do you think? No, I think, I, I think great, and especially the point from Robert, right? It, it's about, and that's, that's what, when I said it's not about technology anymore, right? Because it's when, when he's referring to the line of business, so, so in, in the case of, of, of customer experience, right? The sales department, the commerce department, now it, it's, it's the business decision maker who, who want to have a service that help them to run their, their business better. And it's no mm -hmm. longer this, you go to an, to, to an engineer in IT and explain them, look, I have the best built IT product in the planet. It's highly mm -hmm. integrated and it can do everything for you. No, you don't talk from engineer to engineer. You talk, you talk to a business person who doesn't care how the engineering happened in the back end. He wants to have a service that helps him in the business. And I think this dynamic, like, like Robert nicely said, right? I mean, we are talking since, since I'm, since uh, when I, when I start working, 
um, we started to talk about this in our company, SAP, about we need to get closer to the business. We had an initiative called uh, New Dimension Solutions, right? Mm -hmm. What was exactly heading to, to, to knock the door of, of the line of businesses, what, is, what goes back 15 years, right? Um, interestingly enough, at this point, the technology was not ahead and advanced enough that this really came through. But now with the cloud, this has really reached a new level in terms of now we are in a true service business where the line of business is front and center um, in the decision-making process. And this is what we together need to reflect in how we operate. Thank you very much. Very good. Good conversation started. Thank you, Hans. Appreciate that. Let's go to Tony. Tony, I'm going to combine your statement number one with a little bit of, of number two. And we're going to talk about the people side, a little bit about those touch points we alluded to, we mentioned before. So Tony says, the new normal, and we put quotes around that. I call it the new abnormal. Forgive me. We're never going to be normal again. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm a pest. Maybe I'm just a, a wide-eyed realist. The glass is still half full, but let's be real. So Tony says, the new normal is not normal when it comes to customer success. Here we go. Zoom, Microsoft Teams, email can help, but you must have relevant content, mm -hmm. best practices to be delivered through the digital engagement in order to build trust. There's that T word. The power of just listening has never been more important, and many times we just don't. That's statement number one. I'm going to add the end of statement number two because they go well together, Tony. Don't take the importance of being human for granted. Easy to understand, relevant and timely. Now we're going to get a human lesson from Tony Ponte, whose children would be proud of how I'm pronouncing your last name. <laughs> Go ahead, Tony. Let's talk about the the people side of all of this. Tony? Excellent. Nick and Matt are going to shoot me uh, when, they, when they hear this and see it. But it is, uh, and you see the theme in a lot of things that I'm talking about today, and it's coming out of, of what, uh, what Hans and, and Robert are talking about as well. Um, it is about making sure that you're relevant, you're important, you're timely, um, because there's so much information transfer back and forth right now. In a nanosecond, you can be in a, in a Zoom call or another call with people all of the time, right? And if you think about it, six, maybe eight, 10 months ago, all three of us are probably on planes, flying someplace, right? Okay, then we can engage because we're flying. So the fact now that you have this channel that allows you to be um, ubiquitous, it allows you to talk, it allows you to engage, you can't miss the point that what you're sharing about is, is, is has to be relevant, has to be important, um, has to be timely, has to be what the customer needs at the right place at the right time. Um, I'm spending quite a bit of time lately with our marketing organization, customer marketing, and learning a ton about what does it mean to humanize? And we, 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 we just kid, how do, you, how do we humanize the information? Yep. Right? The other day I looked at a set of content. I'm like, what does this even mean? It's, it was accurate. It was fair. It was page after page after page. I'm like, okay, can you get it? down to a snippets and sound bites. We're kind of using those words that give me snippets and sound bites that are relevant mm -hmm. that can help someone, right? When I'm in a conversation, independent of product, independent of industry, if you can show expertise and do it in a way that says, hmm, that's going to help me. So it's that humanization of it. But what that allows you to do, and this comes back to some just of the basic principles of leadership, are you connected and are you adding value? Are you connected to your customer in a way that you understand what's going on? And can you use that information to understand what they care about by adding value to them, by giving best practice insight counseling? So it's some of the older uh, laws of leadership, 21 laws of leadership from John Maxwell, comes right into the digital economy. How do you connect with your customers and add value? And if you just do that, good things are going to happen. So it's this whole concept of being human uh, that we often forget because we're working with machines all the time and we're in our basement 
connecting with people for month after month after month. It's good to be human and pause a little bit and listen. Thank you very much. You've raised a lot of interesting points. And, and Tony, yes, soundbite snippets, so important. Why do you think I keep these shows to two and a half to three minutes each? Because people want to hear the, the core of what your idea is. And they want to hear a lot of opinions. Even if you all agree, you're all bringing a level of thought leadership from your own experience. Robert is a partner. Hans and Tony are, are SAP employees, uh, consultants, uh, visionaries, whatever you want to call yourselves. And it's important to get that human part. And it's interesting in social media, I've been told it takes... What did people tell me when I became independent as a broadcaster? They told me it will take me nine to 18 months to establish trust with people who don't know me, Mm. that I would have to find articles Mm. every day and send the relevant part of that article to people who were thought leaders in the areas where I wanted to become their go-to broadcaster, blah, 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 blah. And they said, you really got to work it, but you have to work that relevance, right, Tony? And you have to be on time. You can't let it go for three weeks or a month or six months. You got to be there. Let's go around the table. Great points, Tony. Robert Geppert, agree or disagree with Tony or just add more? Go ahead, Robert. I agree, but um, hasn't it always been like this? Um, Tony, you said before, we have to listen. Yeah, of course. Um, The more you listen, the more you will understand and the more chances you will have to be successful. Uh, And in my opinion, that's always been like this. But what's different now is, I mean, in in good times, when the economy is growing, if you listen not that good, it doesn't make that big impact because everybody successful or successful enough and everybody everything is fine but now in the middle of an economic crisis each mistake um, can very often immediately be punished and and, and in that case you yes. must you must be on point um, on time and you must listen and that's more important to be successful because Good. let's say the cake is a little bit smaller um, and everybody of us want to have a piece of the cake. So we have a, uh, we um, should make sure that we listen good enough to get a cake of the, uh, a piece of the cake. Yeah, we all like it. We, we all want a piece of the cake. I like that. I've got a yeah. sweet tooth. Thank you. Make it chocolate. <laughs> Hans, join us. What do you think? How are we doing with this? Relevant, timely, listening, caring, building trust, being a person. Did we hit them all? Hans, anything? Go ahead. I, I think that that's that's what it is, and especially the point is, in times that are more challenging, you need to listen more carefully. So, so I fully agree. I mean, the other point that maybe I realize is right. I mean, we always talk about what is the new normal and the next. The more I talk like that, I feel I'm really getting old, right? Because I realize <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm now becoming like my parents, right? When I was looking after them and said, look. Mobile phones, yes, that's normal. No, yeah, you don't need a mobile phone. Go to the phone around the corner, right? And I said, no, I need a mobile phone. And, and, and I think what we just need to realize is the world will always continue to evolve. Right? And in, in this context, I'm a, I'm a super positive person. But I think the one thing we shouldn't forget is we are humans and we have to stay humans and we have to stay listening. And, and, and one interesting, by the way, is, and, and that's closely to what we do here is, right? Uh, if we would have done the same show five years back, or even I would guarantee you 12 months back, we wouldn't mm-hmm. see each other on Zoom because 12 months back, nobody turned, I'm now five years in a global job. Yes. Nobody turned on cameras prior to the pandemic. It was like, mm-hmm. oh no, I'm not ready. Since yeah. we have the pandemic, 
everybody turns on the camera yes. and we get far more closer in a global environment that I have ever dreamed that we come to in such a short time. So I think let's look at the opportunity in everything. Mm-hmm. The glass is always half full. Listen and stay human. I think that's super critical. Hans, before I go back to you, Tony, for comments, Hans, I've been doing business radio as a producer, host, media, media, moderator. I don't mediate it. I'm moderating. I'm not moderating my personality either. Sorry about that. I've been doing it on the phone since 2011. Mm. 200 to 250 live shows a year, 52 radio series. And until 2020, this year, beginning of this year, I did not even think of going on Zoom. Some radio hosts started a little bit earlier, pre-pandemic, but I didn't even think of it. And now, since I work from home, I've always been remote, but I was handling, listening for nuances. What is Robert thinking? I can't see him. I hear him on the phone. Okay, Robert, you're next. I have no idea whether you're taking notes or walking around the room or whether you're nodding or whether you're frowning. Now I love the nuances. So I started radio on Zoom for all of my series, 13 series this year, and I put them on Zoom early in 2020. And to me, I love the word nuance because I get to see how you think. I get to see what you're feeling. I get to see if yeah. you're nodding or if you're shaking. And I know, and you're right. A lot of people say it's it's not the same thing as being there. Yeah, but we were never all going to be in the same room doing radio. Let's face it. You're all over the world, okay? So this isn't just the next best thing. I think this may be the best thing for communications where people are in different parts of the world. We were never all going to come to a studio together. It was never going to happen. So I'm thrilled to talk to all of you. So Tony, let's quickly get your comments. And then Robert, you get ready, please. Crystal ball prediction, 60 seconds each. No politics. Sports are okay. Talk about the future of the topic. Tony comments on the round table. You just started. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Cool. It, it is interesting. I'm, I'm finding now, knowing that we're doing a lot with Zoom, and a lot of the teams that I've run have been digital. So we've been doing a lot of this for, for a while now. I'm actually, I won't say cool, depending on what my kids will say, but I'm actually able to teach them some things now because I think business, and we're doing this, is farther ahead of education right now, you know, as, and in terms of what you can do with the Zoom virtual experience. So, you know, I, I won't go as far as saying, hey, they think I'm cool, but at least like, oh, how did you do that? And the fact that you showed us some new ways to uh, hand your picture in the TV, I am excited to show how to do video that. Video filters. So, but I think it is that video filtering, but I think businesses can lead the way on new things like this, new engagements by adopting and taking yes. it. We'll continue to push the experience. And we are learning from that. Was that your prediction, Tony? Are you done with your crystal ball prediction? You want to go with that? We could we could call it that. I had a I was going to go I was going to go a baseball one, but well, you'll get the baseball one if we still have time. Robert, Robert, go ahead. Sixty seconds. What do you predict about this? We got four minutes left. Use them well. Sixty seconds, Robert. Sixty second ons, and a quick baseball from Tony. Go ahead, Robert. You're up. Okay, I ask myself these times. Uh, Will virtual contacts alone be enough in the future to build relationships and achieve customer success? I think no. We still um, need the personal interaction, of course. And you said it, Bonnie, virtual contacts to customer or to partners or uh, and and on and on will get more important and more accepted way of staying in contact. Um, There are not longer um, contacts of first-class contacts. The more discipline, and that's what changed, the more discipline um, there is on both sides in virtual context, the more benefits the customer, uh, but also we as partner can gain from it. 
And that brings together the virtual and the personal contexts. But in my opinion, we still need a minimum of personal contacts to build trust and reach the necessary emotional level for sustainable customer success. Thank you. Han, 60 seconds, go. Funny enough, I was going in a similar direction, right? And, okay. and that was what, because I was, I always, when I see Tony, it reminds me, why do we have such a great relationship, right? <laughs> and this is because we had Paella in Barcelona at the beach. And I yes. think what, yes, really, what really matters, what really matters is that at the end of the day, sometimes you need to have this fun together in person. Yeah. You yeah. need to have a joint experience where you can look back and just uh, remember what you did together. And then virtually works perfect. And I think to find the right balance, that's the way to go to drive the best customer outcome and to have the best relationships in the ecosystem. Thank you very much. We lost your video there for a second, Hans, but I think you'll come back for the closing. Tony, baseball, baseball, baseball. Will they be playing? Yogi Berra would be happy that you're talking about his sport. So what do you think, uh, Tony? He 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 will be, and I'm you know living in Philadelphia uh, for the last fourteen, but but an avid avid New York football giant and New York Yankee fan. With the win last night, the Yankees will uh, progress forward and win the World Series this year. Nothing Ooh. bold, nothing crazy, but uh, Yankees are going to win it all. I'm, very, I'm, I'm very, thinking it. I'm thinking very it. Very interesting. And one quick note: we did lose the video on Hans, but Hans, uh, you crossed it out. But I know you're here with us. One quick note: I heard somebody on another one of my shows this week say that now that you have the face-to-face -face on Zoom, Teams, whatever you're meeting with people, there's Hans. He's back. You have the opportunity to see people in their environment. Are they teaching children at home? Do they have elderly parents? What is their situation? You can not only build trust, but a different kind of relationship. Oh, I see you've got your pets in the room. Yeah, I love dogs too. Just the little <laughs> yes. things. I had a guest whose dog was barking during the show and she was apologizing. Yeah. I said, what yeah. are you apologizing for? This is what it is. This yeah. is reality. Don't apologize. Tell me the name of the dog. And she did. So you have to, we get to accept people and welcome people in their, in their own skin and their own environment yeah. more now than we did before. So I'm just saying that's an extra perk. Everybody round up applause for Nula Spooner. Nula, you did yourself on this one again, dear. We have two more episodes left in this series and I can't wait. It's always a pleasure working with her. I want to thank my engineer. Round of applause for Aaron Keller, my sidekick, my engineer extraordinaire at World Talk Radio, Voice America, the business channel. I have 30 seconds to wrap this up. So here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? My car is getting two and a half months to the gallon. How's yours doing? <laughs> Go out and be a game changer. I always end the show like this. It changes up. Go out and be a game changer today, just like Robert Geppert at Cybit GmbH. Robert, so pleased you could join us. And Hans Ube and Tony Ponte. I got all the names at SAP. Bonnie DeGram signing off. Have a good one. Be safe, be smart, be savvy, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye from The Power of Partnerships. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to The Power of Partnerships, changing the game for digital transformation. Presented by SAP, the best run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.